standing and um, commit our time to the Lord. Oh, Father God, what a great and amazing, awesome God you are. Lord Jesus Christ, we are in awe of you. The sacrifices you made, the love that you showed and that you continue to show. I ask, Lord, that today you will open our hearts and our minds so that we might receive from you. Not just knowledge, Lord, but your healing, your grace, your love at new and deeper levels. May my words be your words, Lord. None of me and all of you. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Great start and my tears already. Um, <laughs> uh, that worship was just amazing, um, wasn't it? I just really felt um, so, like God confirmed um, so much the word that I have to bring today. Um, and he's amazing. Um, Jeremy's done my introduction. Um, I'll just add to that that um, I do also work with Headspace. So I work with young people. Uh, 12 to 25, and it is my joy and privilege to sow into the lives of young people. Um, I love it. I love it. Um, there's a lot of hurting young people in our world, and the opportunity to sit, to hear, to listen, and to just love on them in a very professional way um, <laughs> is, um, is, is an honour. Um, I'm married uh, to John, goodness, it's a lifetime, 41 years. <laughs> we have two adult children, Joanne and Michael, they both live in Brisbane. Um, that's not me, is it? No, because I, I should put mine on silent. Um, God called me into the ministry of supporting hurting people. Um, from my childhood, really. It was a lifestyle that my family adopted. Um, it, it was the drop-in centre. It was fun, but there, we never knew who was going to be driving down the driveway and there was going to be an hour or two or three of cups of tea and talking and, and mum inevitably would provide a meal. Um, from there, I just, just working with people, supporting people in churches, I was not being involved with playgroups, youth groups, and then eventually God called me into the work of counselling. Actually, it's just 14 years yesterday since I took out my ABN. <laughs> so, um, thank you. <laughs> I'm not sure where those years have gone, but anyway. Um, for those of you who are praying, um, thank you for your prayers for our son, Michael. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, our 30-year-old son was diagnosed with a rare and aggressive cancer two, two years ago. Coming, we're coming into our third year now. Um, Michael was not supposed to live. According to the specialist, Michael was not supposed to survive last year. We had a very special Christmas where he drove up from Brisbane by, well, with his girlfriend and we had Christmas together here at home, which was so, so special because the last two Christmases have been dominated by chemotherapy and isolation and all of those things. Um, he's doing well, relatively well. Um, he's, he's strong enough to come back and have a few days at home with us this last week. Um, he's in good spirits. Um, 
so thank you for your prayers. And um, we continue to press in and believe for God's healing, body, soul, and spirit. Thank you. Um, are you ready? I'm, I'm approaching today's topic with, a, with some fear and trepidation. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to walk into a minefield. But are you ready today? to enter into God's kingdom in perhaps new and different and challenging ways. Strap in, we're going on a deep dive and I feel like I'm channeling our Pastor Anita when I say that. We're going to talk about the title, I guess, if I was to give it a title, is Be United in Love. Bob's got a lot to say on that. Better check the time. What time am I finishing, Jeremy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 12.30 tomorrow? <laughs> uh, dear. There's a lot here. There's a lot here. And um, forgive me, I cannot cover everything today. So if you're going, what if, but what about? Please um, just know that I'm doing this. Okay. Okay. Well, if you were to name, one thing in your life that brings the most joy, satisfaction, and fulfillment, what would that one thing be? Jesus. Jesus? Apart from Jesus. <laughs> Family. Any other suggestions? Sharing. Sharing my animals with other people. The seniors and the show. I think we would all agree it's family. Yeah. Or relationships. Yes. Relationship. That connection with other people brings us joy and satisfaction. All of the time, yes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Because what is also the one thing that brings us the most dissatisfaction, the most annoyance, the most misery, the most frustration? What would that be? Relationships. In my years, I've heard a lot. And guess what? It's mostly about relationships. Family. Work colleagues, friends, yeah, church, <laughs> yeah. So I would venture um, that, yeah, relationships are important. And guess what? Of course, you're going to write from the start of our human history, what did God do? He created a man and he said, it's not good for that man to be alone. God. But God said, no, you need another of your same of the same kind. And so we had the first marriage. The message I'm going to bring to you today, it's been on my heart for many years. And it is a large topic. 
many, many complexities. How are we, as Christians, to interact with one another? What does the Bible say? If you're a wife, you're going to, if you're thinking in your head right now, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. If you're a husband, you're going, wife, submit to your husband. If you're a parent, you're going, obey your father and mother. Obey your parents. Honour your father and mother. <laughs> uh, yes, relationships. But the Bible's got a lot more to say about that. One question for you. Don't call out because that might be a little bit of a giveaway, but... What do you need from your relationships? What is it that you long for? What is it that brings joy to your heart when you receive it? What is it that tears you apart when you don't receive it? You know, we're all different. We all learn from our families different things about how to be, about how to have a relationship, about what we need, about who I am. So we all learn things that are different. And so we all look, feel, hear, receive, give in different ways. If you're, sometimes, if there's been um, some difficulties in the family when you were growing up, sometimes it's hard to identify our needs because we weren't given the space or the encouragement to identify our own needs, to stay, perhaps to stay safe. You had to smother your needs and not go there. And if that's your journey, please know that my heart cries out for you. And there is healing in Jesus' name. But our complaints, the things we complain about, they're the clue. They're the clue. He always, she never, or the other way around, she never, he never and she always, those sorts of complaints can tell us what we need, what we're crying out for. Instead of asking for it in a healthy way, we often just turn it around, make it about ourselves and complain. You're not meeting my needs. Who's the focus on that one? Me. But Jesus says in John 13, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now here's, here's the real key for, what, for the core of my message today is by this love, 
all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. By this love, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Has anybody got a lump in their throat right now? Oops. That's hard work, isn't it? It's okay for those people you like, for those people we relate to, for those people that we get along with. But what about those people in the church that we find rubbers up the wrong way? Oh, was that just me? No. Just just me? Forgive me. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we know that a lot of hurt happens in churches. And it's very difficult, but this is the reality. For some reason, when we're in church, we forget about loving, sacrificing. And it's still about us. Now, before I go too far, I want to add this because maybe a good number of you are going, yes, but what about me? What about my needs? What about? You don't know how hurt I feel, Sue. You don't know how empty and drained and tired and weary I am. No, I don't. I don't know how you're feeling right now. But I have felt those things myself. And I want you to hear what God says about that. Jesus came to this earth with particular anointing on him. And Isaiah 61 tells us about that anointing. This is God talking about Jesus, or Jesus talking about himself. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart to proclaim liberty to the captives. If you're feeling caught up and trapped today, Jesus is here to give you liberty. And the opening of the the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, 2023, thanks, Pastor Jeremy, and the day of vengeance of our God. Oh, our vengeance. Vengeance. God is the avenger, our avenger. It gets better to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Hang up, hang about the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that we might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now, I'm going to go on a little bit longer, but one more verse, because this is an encouragement, I believe. This is a prophecy 
They shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. How many people have into what is called intergenerational trauma? Generation after generation after generation of dysfunction, of trauma, of hurt, of pain, of abuse. God is saying here, we, God's people, are going to raise up. We're going to heal the generations through Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen? Thank you. Yes. So when we come, when I come to this topic and say, love one another, please also know, hear, receive, and understand and press into that God is here saying, come to me. Because I've got oil for your morning. I've got a garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness. Okay. Just receive. I hope you can receive that today. When Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you. What was he doing at the time? Does anybody remember? It was at the Last Supper. One of the very last things that Jesus said before his crucifixion to his disciples, his last time of gathering with them, the last moments to impart what was so important to him. And what did he do? The Son of the Almighty God the creator of the world took off his garment, wrapped himself in a, the servant's towel and washed the feet of his disciples. Now, I don't know about you, but if that had been me, and I knew what was going to happen, I was like, well, I'm about to be tortured. I'm about to be killed for this lot. I'm about to do so much. That's enough. I don't need to do any more. I better conserve my energy. One of that lot should do it for me. Don't they know who I am? Isn't that what the flesh says? Isn't that what the flesh wants to say? Hang about, it's all about me. But Jesus humbled himself as a servant. Philippians 2 is an amazing passage. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Hmm. Interesting. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, 
value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. I could just about pack up and leave it there, couldn't I? Such sobering words. How can we live that out? What is the expectation that God has for us that, that he, we, what? That we should humble ourselves and make ourselves a servant for the people around us? Doesn't God know what Mr. Brown down the road's like? You know, in this society that we have of social media, of TV, of commercialism, what's the message that we keep getting? It's all about me. It feels good to it. You're worth it. You're worth it. That's the one that keeps ringing in my head. That, that you know, they're trying to sell makeup. You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. No, well, I'm not disputing dispute that. You are. We are worth good things because God keeps giving us good gifts. <laughs> right? God takes wants to take care of every little tiny detail of our lives, right? I've just had an amazing testimony as I walked into the into church this morning of how God has taken care of one of his beautiful servants in just the little things. So beautiful. But it's not about us. This, the, the, the shift here is this is kingdom thinking. This is the kingdom mindset. It's not about the world and people, the world is subtle. It gets into our brains. It gets into our patterns of thinking. It gets into our behavior. It gets into our demands when we go, what about me? But that's not the way of the kingdom. So a few years ago, I've been, I went through some of the most difficult times of my life and this was the very thing that God taught me. I had to put aside my demands for myself even when someone who was doing one of the worst things that a person could do to another person, God was challenging me to say, about you. It's kingdom thinking and this is challenging people. I know it. I get it. I've lived it. It's challenging. 
But if we want to make a difference in this town, in this world, this year, I encourage you, step into kingdom thinking. And that kingdom thinking is about sacrificing ourselves for the love of others, for the love of God. Let's listen to 1 Corinthians 13. If I'm going to speak about love, I can barely, I can't not read this. I may be able to speak the languages of human beings and even of angels, but if I have no love, my speech is no more than a noisy gong or a clanging bell. I may have the gift of inspired preaching. I may have all knowledge and, all, and understand all secrets. I may have all the faith needed to move mountains. But if I have no love, I am nothing. That's a huge statement right there. Because what are we so encouraged in church? Have faith, have faith, have faith, have faith, have faith. But our, our, our scripture is saying if we, do, if we have that faith but don't have love, it's all Wow. I may give away everything I have and even give up my body to be burned, but if I have no love, this does me no good. So what is love? It's a good question, isn't it? It's a great question. And the Bible tells us, of course, that it's so challenging. Love is patient. Should I stop there? Love is patient. When I want it to be about me and it's not about me and that other person is yelling louder than me, can I be patient? When that person in the church who just talks and 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 can I be patient and love them anyway? When that person rubs me up the wrong way, do I avoid them or do am I patient? Am I patient with me, myself? I'm not perfect, never will be. Love is patient and kind. It is not jealous or conceited or proud. Love is not ill-mannered, or selfish, or irritable. Mm, that's, that one gets me every day, I think. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. That one went, hit me in the head a few years ago, and still does. Because what we want to do, I feel hurt, I want to feel justified in my hurt, so what do I do? I keep a list. All the ways you've hurt me. All the ways you've disappointed me. And I'm going to bring that up and use it against you in the next argument. But God says, doesn't, love doesn't keep a, a list of wrongs. Love is not happy with evil, but he's happy with the truth. Remember who the truth is, Jesus Christ. Love never gives up. When our children are walking with the Lord, when our spouse 
it is of loveliness like we want them to. Love never gives up. And its faith, hope and patience never fail. I want to read the next one because the next verse because it's interesting. It talks immediately goes on and talks about when I was a child, I thought as a child. So what's it saying? I believe it's saying here that, that as we grow, we then physically we have the choice to mature spiritually, emotionally, with our character. We are, after all, on a journey of sanctification, becoming more and more like Christ. And so we need to grow and progress. We need to see ourselves as God sees us and to see our people in our lives as the way God sees us, sees them. And to remember that what we see now is like a dim image in a mirror. When you look at another person and you see the behaviour, you hear the words, you hear the tone, you don't know what's going on with that person. And how many of you have seen that the, the meme that says, Always be kind because you never know what sort of journey, what sort of trials someone's been on. Isn't that true? And the other one that comes to mind is the Chinese proverb that says, don't judge a person until unless you've walked a thousand steps in their shoes. Empathy is a gift that you give other people. Empathy. When you are able to go... I'm seeing you from your perspective, not from my perspective. So I'm encouraging us that as, as we interact with people, as we note the disappointments, as we note the hurts, as we note the, the what's the word, irritations, that we remember that we don't know the whole story. These three things remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Now, I've got a couple of articles. I'm just really going to quickly go through the list of what God has given us, the, the um, fruits, no, gifts of the Spirit. Love, joy, have I got that right, Jeremy? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness and goodness. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the things that God gives us. Why would God want to give us these things? Because he knows that it's not easy for us, I think. Yeah? So often God says, cast your cares upon me. Come to me, you who are burdened and heavy laden. And interesting, he always says that in context of relationships. We'll look at that a little bit later. But the, the things that we have received by the Holy Spirit are all about our relationships. Surely, love. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is 
love. First John 4. True biblical love is a choice, not a feeling. It deliberately expresses itself in loving ways and always seeks the welfare of others. Biblical love is dependent on the giver's character, not emotion. A mature believer demonstrating love will not exercise his or her freedom if that action might harm another Christian in some way. Romans is a good example of that. We have to take care of each other. Love chooses to set aside one's own preferences, desires, and sometimes even needs to put the other person first. That's the way of the kingdom. However, the counsellor in me wants to add, if you are in a situation where someone is intentionally, maliciously, frequently, regularly abusing you, hurting you, harming you, please seek professional assistance. God does not expect you to stay in that situation. That is hard for me to say because I have had 14 years at least of listening to some very, very deep and dark stories. And we can't, we can try to avoid it, we can try to pretend it's nothing there, but it is in our town, in our church. So please, if that is you, I'm willing to talk after church or please contact me privately and I will make myself available to assist you. Joy. This has been a struggle for me lately. It's been a tough year. Some of you would have seen me in tears in the aisle on a number of Sundays. It's been tough. But joy is, is our gift. We just have to unwrap it. We just have to believe that it's ours. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, it's not about us and what we can do. It's the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Peace. Ah, oh, God used this verse to challenge me and put me on the mat and say, get it together so you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. When we trust in God, our minds are steadfast. I think it's James that says, Don't, those who doubt are tossed around like those in the waves and the wind. But when we trust, we have peace. Patience. 
Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. It doesn't get much clearer than that, does it? Oh, goodness. We want it and we want it now. Basically, it's all about me, so I, you've got to give it to me now, if not yesterday. <laughs> but think about this. Uh, I've got to tell you this really quickly. Once upon a time, many years ago now, I remember where I was. I was driving in the car on Morling Arrow Road and I was having a bit of a chat to God. <laughs> like, oh boy, but you know, this person does this and that and something else. Hmm. And God just said, that was you a few years ago. Oh. I thought about it and went, oh yes. God's right. We're all on a journey, right? And God's got us all in different places. And we tend to think millennial, you know, we're here and this person is more mature, more advanced than the faith. Oh dear. That's all, I, I don't think that's the way God sees it. I'm not quite sure how he sees it because I don't have his mind, but just try to remember that God is working in all of our lives. And if that person isn't up, it can't, doesn't have, hasn't learnt the lesson that you've learnt yet, well, that's okay. God's got that on the agenda for them as well. Yeah? So we don't have to. We don't have to stomp around correcting people and telling them where they're wrong. Actually, we can just say, Lord, what would you have me do? Is there a word that you would you would like to impart to me to, to give to them? Or, you know, if God's put them on your heart, pray for them. If God's given you insight into their situation, pray for them. First, second, third, fourth, fifth. And only open this when God lets you. Is that okay? Okay, kindness and goodness, because that's that's part of that as well. Kindness, being kind and good is about understanding that we are all fallen. We are all in cha challenging circumstances. And I better get a move on. Faithfulness. Wow. Faithfulness. God has given us faith, uh, the ability to be faithful, to be reliable, to be trustworthy. Christian faithfulness is continued and consistent, wait for it, submission and obedience to the same spirit who provides us the ability to be faithful. God gives us faithfulness, asks us to be faithful, gives us the ability to be faithful. Isn't that amazing? Gentleness and meekness. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now, for a long time, I thought that that was like, you know, the Lord's coming soon. But maybe, just maybe it's like, the Lord is near you. He knows if you're not, if your gentleness is not being evident. Have you received gentleness from the Lord? Anyone want to put their hands up? Then... Allow 
His gentleness to flow through you to others. Okay, self-control. Wow. Proverbs 25, 28. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. A wall, that are, walls that are broken down. There are no boundaries. And that, and that is a lot about abuse, is a lot about people not respecting other people's boundaries. Boundaries are those things that say, this is me and that's you. And there's a line between you and me. I'm responsible for me as an adult. I'm not responsible for you. But I can assist you, I can be there, I can love, I can support, I can listen. But it's you, you have to take care of your stuff and I have to take care of my stuff and we have to take care of our stuff with God. That's what healthy relationships are built on. And that self-control where we contain our stuff without bleeding all over other people, without their permission, without their consent, insisting that they have to have responsibility for us that's not self-control. Okay. How are we going? This is, this is heavy stuff. <laughs> okay. God has also given us um, gifts. I've got them mixed up in my head. Fruit and gifts. We are a body, yes? We are a body here, part of the worldwide body of Christ. What does the Bible tell us about the body? There are many parts, yes? A few, several months ago, I can't remember exactly when, um, I was doing some renovating, some cleaning up, and something heavy fell onto my foot and it really hurt at the time, really, really hurt. But it, you know, I got over it and I was busy and got on with it and then, but then the pain kept coming back. And I, yes, Nellie, I think it was Nellie or someone prayed for me on the day. <laughs> um, and it, I, it got to the point where I couldn't walk very far. I couldn't even walk my dog around our block because it just, this pain kept coming. Um, it got to, felt like it was going on to weeks and then months. I figured out that it was, there's a little bone right at the base of the little toe, okay? Little toe, little bone at the base of the little toe. I couldn't walk without pain. Sometimes even sitting down, it was painful. I began to not walk. Remember this going weeks and months. I can't walk. I'm getting starting to get breathless. I'm starting to put on weight. I'm starting, my mental health is starting to suffer. Why? Because of a little bone at the end of my little bone. I know, right? But isn't that 
such a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. My whole body was being impacted because of one little bone at the base of my little toe. My whole body, my whole whole well-being was being impacted. If there is people in our church, and there's not an if there, it's when there are people in our church hurting, does it affect the whole body? So should we be concerned about other people's hurts and pains? Yes. And look, we are all different. And some of us are, you know, the accountants, the the, the task-driven people, the um, I have an agenda and I must keep to it. Um, and then there's the floaters who pretty, just who are very distractible, sparky. Um, there are people who are introverts, there are people who are extroverts, there are people who are listeners, there are people who are not, who are talkers. We are all different. And I'm not suggesting that we all take on things that we're not good at. Give it a go. Where we can always grow and learn. But use the gifts. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit gives them. There are different ways of serving, but the same Lord is served. There are different abilities to perform services, but the same God gives ability to all for their particular service. That's 1 Corinthians 12. We are a body with many parts. The eye can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. Right? I can tell you that it does. Okay. We can be different and still love and respect and honour each other. One part affects the whole. All right. I want to, um, how amazing is God? Um, this morning, um, I wasn't really on Facebook for very long, but trust, trust me, but I was looking for some, some photos or things that I might have, you know, snap, took screenshots off that might help me, that I might have wanted to use this morning. And young Debbie over here posted this verse and I went, what? Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard even, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. That is so poetic, isn't it? And that's the whole psalm. So poetic, but so talking about how precious it is when God's people live together in unity. In the world of psychology, a person's behaviour is observed. Watch what they do, how they do it, why they do it. 
thoughts are considered behavior. So while it is important to do, to act in love, honor, and respect, it is also biblically commanded of us to think in love, honor, and respect. Philippians 4, 5 to 9 says, show a gentle attitude toward everyone. The Lord is coming soon. Now take note of this. God is saying, show a gentle attitude to everyone. And then in the next breath, he says, don't worry about anything. But in all your prayers, ask God for what you need. Remember how I said we have needs and we tend to get grumpy and insistent when those needs aren't met? So what are we to do with those needs? If I'm serving and loving on other people, what am I supposed to do about my needs? God says, tell me. Tell me. Bring your needs to me. Always asking him with a thankful heart and God's peace, which is far more beyond, which is far beyond human understanding. That's so true. When I've been in the worst state of anxiety, when my brain is yelling at me, when my heart rate is going crazy, and all I want is for somebody to do something. <laughs> You're laughing, so I think you might know what that feels like. And yet I go, oh, Lord, I will give it to you. I will ask you. I will praise you. I will thank you. What happens to the anxiety? It's gone. In fact, Anita, Anita and I had a catch up on Saturday, and um, she said, oh, this person, yeah, I, at the end of this song, I went, yeah, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Apparently, there's been research to say that you can't have anxiety and gratitude in the same person at the same time. You can't be grateful and have anxiety. They counter each other, they cancel each other out. In um, and God's peace, which is far beyond human understanding, will keep your hearts and minds safe in union with Christ Jesus. In conclusion, my friends, fill your minds with those things that are good, that deserve praise, things that are true. No gossip here. Noble, right, pure, lovely, honourable. Philippians 4, um, I think that's 7 or 8. Read it and read it and read it and read it and read it because our brains want to focus on the negative. Our brains are always going to go, yes, but. But God is saying, in my kingdom, think on these things, things that are good, things that deserve praise, things that are true, noble, right, lovely, pure, honourable. And don't just think, think about it, put it into practice, what you have learned and received. And the God who gives us peace will be with you. Okay. I better finish up. There's heaps more here. Um, <laughs> want to quickly tell you, 
Um, who, has anyone heard of the book called A Man Called Norman? Probably some of the older people. A movie? Yes. Um, life, it was, yeah, uh, probably not too strong words to say it was life-changing. It's a story of two neighbours, one called Norman, Norman, but Norman is grumpy, demanding, smelly, difficult, and his neighbour was annoyed by him. But the whole story is about how God challenged the neighbour to love Norman and accept him. Who's heard of Cora Tembu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, her family hid Jews during Nazi Germany. Uh, they were then transported to concentration camps. Um, both parents were lost. Um, Corrie and her sister Betsy lived um, in her horrific conditions. Betsy eventually lost her life. Corrie alone survived. Many years later, she met um, or saw at one of her speaking venues a guard from one of the camp from the camp that she was in, and she was confronted by this man who had dispense so much abuse and hatred on not only her but so many others. What would she do? What would you and I do in that situation? Corrie chose, chose forgiveness. She chose to let the peace of Christ rule in her heart. So I say again, many of us have been betrayed, let down, abused, ignored, rejected, hurt in, many, in multiple ways. But God is saying, I see your hurt and your pain. Let me heal you. Take my garment of praise. Take my, the oil of joy. Take my healing upon you. I see you. I love you. I care for you. I have. Ne I will never leave you alone. And as you take that truth and take it into your heart and your soul, I hope and pray that that then frees you up to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. First Peter 5, 7 is another example. Likewise, you younger people, submit to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. If, you hum if we humble ourselves, God will give us grace. You, you will receive grace if you are humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Listen, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because our adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Relationships are our greatest satisfaction, but also our greatest temptation and weakness. 
Resist the devil, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by, yeah, by your brotherhood in the world. God has got us all on a journey. Let's treat each other with love, as in, with the love that we have received. Let's give and offer each other forgiveness with the forgiveness that we have received. Let's give us each other the grace, the kindness, the mercy that we have received. Trusting God that he is taking care of not just ourselves, but our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are being refined as gold. And one day we will see the scars of Christ. And he will honour our scars as well. I'd like to finish by giving us all an opportunity to reflect. So can we just invite you all to perhaps close your eyes if that's safe to do that? As I said, this is a huge topic and so, so challenging. I'm hoping that today you might listen to the voice of God. Has he brought to mind names, faces, situations? Is he bringing to mind the hurt? Or is he convicting you to let go? Is he saying, come to me? Give it to me. Cast those cares upon me. I care for you. I know you're hurt. But I love you. I have forgiven you. For those of us who perhaps have never taken the Lord Jesus into their lives, who have never said, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life, you are my King and my Saviour. Can I offer you this moment, that this is your moment to say yes to Jesus? With every eye closed, if that's you today, if you are saying, I don't know this Jesus, I don't know and this love and this grace and this forgiveness, but I'd like to know it. If that's you today and you're wanting to say yes to Jesus today, could you just slip your hand up for us, please? Well, perhaps, God, you haven't been so close to God lately. Perhaps you've been hanging on to those hurts and those pains and there's been a lot of anger and resentment. Perhaps you're angry at God. That's okay. He's big enough to handle it. But it keeps you at a distance from him. Perhaps you'd like to say, Jesus, I want to come again to you. I want to receive refreshing from you, renewing from you.
encourage you to quietly where you're sitting now pray to God and give him the hurt, the pain, the anger, the frustration, whatever it is. from God. It keeps us distant from our human relationships. Provokes anger within us. Provokes pain and depression. That shame is nailed to the cross with Jesus. And his grace restores us. Takes that shame and says, I see you, I hear you, I feel you, I love you, I will restore you. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today. to live more and more like you. Lord, I offer you our hurt and our pain, our disappointments, those things that have sought to destroy us. But Lord, we're declaring that you the victor. You died to put those things to death and that we can live with peace and love and salvation because of your work on the cross. Because you were raised again to life, we can have life. Help us, Lord, to take on the mindset of the kingdom to live out love toward our brothers and sisters in Christ may we be known as the church of love may the love of this place be a light to our community of healing, of hope. I commit us all into your hands, Lord Jesus. Speak to us, I pray, as we leave today. Give us strength and mercy and grace for each of our relationships. Restore us to joy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If today has raised a lot of prickly issues for you, I am very happy to talk with you, pray with you. Um, reach out to somebody. It may be the hardest thing you'll do. 
it may be the best thing that you'll do. Thank you very much.